you have your Bibles, take them out, please, to 1 Peter and turn with, with, with me, if you will, please, to 1 Peter chapter number 1 and verses 15 and 16. And this is our, our memory verse that we've been studying this week, we've been meditating on, we've been thinking on. It's our springboard verse for the entire week. And the Scripture just tells us, God says, as the one who called you is holy, you also are to be holy in all of your conduct. Now, I don't know about you. I mean, I strive to live right. I really do. I, I strive to serve the Master, and I strive to live for Him, and I strive to be a good Christian dad, father, and husband, and pastor. But I don't know about you. I, I don't know that I could look myself in the mirror and say that John Cannon is a holy person. Let me tell you why. Because I know who John Cannon is. And I don't know, maybe you struggle with that from time to time. But do you realize that we are commanded to be holy? We're commanded to be holy. In one particular church, and I won't give the name of the church or the name of the deacon, but there was a rather pompous-looking deacon that was walking around throughout the church. And he was proud of the fact that he was a spiritual leader of that church. And He made a mistake, though. He went to the junior boys' Sunday school class. And when he went to that class, he looked at these junior boys and he asked the question. He said, boys, he said, why do you think people call me a Christian? Why do you think they call me a spiritual leader? Why do you think they call me a holy man? Well, they thought about that for just a moment. They looked up to this pompous looking deacon that was very proud of the fact that he was a spiritual leader of the church. One junior boy said this, well... I guess they don't know you very well. <laughs> Think about your life. What about the people that know you? Could they say that you are a holy person? Could they say you're a holy man or a holy woman and a ho- or a holy teenager or a holy young person? I don't know. That's kind of hard when you look at yourself in the mirror and try to put that tag on you. Is it? Am I the only one that kind of has a difficulty labeling myself as that? It's kind of hard. But I want to help you today. My goal today is to expound a little bit on the thought of holiness, but primarily to introduce to you a few habits, actually seven habits, that we need to implement in our life that will help us to become a holy person. I told my wife yesterday, I said, you know what, this message, it really needs to be a seven-week sermon series and take each one of these habits and expound on them. So please forgive me today, and you may be very glad that I'm going to make this statement, please forgive me today for spending just a brief moment on each one of these habits. I mean, if I really got in there and dug deep in these habits, we would be here for several hours. You don't want that, do you? I understand that. I don't know that I want to sit. I mean, it's hard to sit in those chairs for a long time. So I'm going to be brief. I'm going to be to the point. I want you to take some notes. Take out your uh, worship folder, if you will, please. On the back of that is some places where you can jot down the seven habits that I want to mention to you today that will help us to become a holy person. Habit number one, write down the first word, Savior. The first word, Savior. And then here's the... The quote after that that you need to jot down. You must devote your life to following Christ. You must devote your life 
to follow Christ. I mean, if we're going to live a holy life, it has to start with Jesus. I mean, plus and minus nothing. It's Him and Him alone working in and through our hearts and our lives. It has to start with Him. But also, there has to be a devotion on our part. We have to be devoted to following Him. We've got to fall in love with Jesus. I mean, we've got to decide once and for all in our life that I am going to be a Christ follower. That I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed to be tagged a Christian. I'm not ashamed on my workplace, in my job, in my home, in my community. I'm not ashamed wherever I may be to bow my head and pray. I mean, why? Because I am a Christian. I am a Christ follower. Not just so he can get us some, uh, maybe a promotion on the job or, or, or a status symbol. No, we have fallen in love with Christ Jesus because what he has done in our hearts and in our lives. And we are following him. And we've got to devote our lives to that. If you're going to be a holy person, if you're going to strive to live a sanctified, holy life, then you've got to decide once and for all that I'm going to follow Jesus. That's it. I am following him. And I make no apologies for that. Let me tell you something, guys. Matter of fact, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.12, it says, all of those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall, you know what the next word is? Suffer persecution. Now, if you're going to be a holy person, you cannot be a fair-weather Christian. You can't just sit on the fence post of life and, and be a Christian one day and live another life another day. The Bible says, 2 Timothy 3.12, if you live godly, if you are holy, you will suffer persecution. Now, when the first persecution comes or the suffering comes or the heartache comes, are you going to continue? The only way you will is, is if you decide in your heart and in your life that you have devoted your life to Christ, that you will follow him. We read all through the scripture where Paul suffered for being a Christ follower. Why did he continue? It would have been a lot easier for him just to join the majority of the people in his day. And sit back and take it easy. No, he had devoted his life to following Christ. And when he made that commitment, the suffering came. By the way, whoever told you that when you accept Christ as your Savior that everything is going to be rosy, everything's going to be beautiful, you'll have no more problems, no more heartaches, your wife's going to kiss you as soon as you walk in the door, dinner's going to be on the table, she's going to say, sit down in that recliner, honey, here's the remote control, here's your slippers, do you need a foot massage? Guys, don't you get that every day when you go home? I don't either. And whoever told you that whenever you accept Christ as your Savior, that everything is going to be just glorious, no more problems, no more heartache, no more suffering. Listen, guys, you know when the glorious time really is really going to come? It's going to be in the next life. It's going to be when we go to be with Him in heaven. The Bible teaches us and shows us all through Scripture that whenever we live for Christ, we will suffer we're going to have some hard places to get through. You're going to have some persecution. You're going to have some difficult places in your life. But the thing that you have that the world and the unbelieving world doesn't have is you have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You have someone that will help you through those hard places. But you've got to make a decision. If we're going to be a holy person, then we've got to decide, you know what? I'm going to follow Christ. I am going to live for Him. It doesn't matter what happens in my life. 
I am going to live for him. Well, I've got to move on. I can't stay there any longer. Number two, write down the word scriptures. Scripture. You must submit to the authority of the scripture in your daily life. You've got to submit to the authority of the word of God. Listen, guys. This book that I'm holding is God's inspired, infallible, inerrant word of God. I mean, this is what God wants us to know. This is what he has said to us about every situation in your life, every area of your life. It's all covered in the word of God. And we must set this on a lot higher standard than what our world and sadly and unfortunately a lot of Christians and a lot of churches have set it. We must set it on a very high standard. Can I get a witness right there? It'd be a pretty good place to say amen. Okay? This is the final authority in my life. And if we are going to be a holy people, and especially as Victory Church, if we are going to be a holy church, then we must set this on a very high standard and a very high plane. And we must recognize the authority of the Word of God. And whatever is said in that book is what we're going to live by. This will be our daily God on a daily basis because we are going to submit to the authority of Scripture. I mean, if you're going to live holy, there's no way you can do that in and of yourself. We must look to the Word of God. We must fall in love with the Word of God. But not only fall in love with the Word of God, we must share the Word of God. There's a whole lot more I could even say here. But I think you get the point. If we're going to, we've studied all week long about holiness and sanctification. We went back in the Old Testament. We've read stories. We've read, run references all through the New Testament. We've been studying this all week long. But how do we apply it to our life? Well, it starts with the Savior and then with the Scripture. It must be the final authority. You got a decision to make? Are you at a crossroad in life? Are you trying to figure out which way to go? Well, I've got good news for you. Your answers are right here. Just go to God's Word. Go to the Bible and submit our lives to it and obey it. Now, let me tell you this. It will not always be easy. Matter of fact, there will be some decisions that you'll have to make from time to time that will be very hard, that will be very difficult, that will, will stretch your faith, that will try you. Matter of fact, when you put it down on black and white and put it in paper, it's just not going to line up and make sense. But sometimes we've got to step and live by faith. Amen? And just trust God at His Word. Number three, write down the word, if you will, supplication. Supplication. What does that simply mean? Well, you just must simply seek God daily in your life. There must be prayer. And by the way, all of these start with the letter S. So that's why we just didn't put prayer there. Okay? Supplication. We must pray. We must seek after God. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. In the Holman Christian Standard Bible, it says, pray constantly. We are to be always in a spirit of prayer. Why is it so important that we pray? Do you realize that your prayer life is your half of a lifelong conversation that you have with God? And we need to be a people, if we're going to be a holy people, 
then we're going to have to be a people of prayer. Well, what's the purpose of praying? I mean, why don't we just kind of go on our own way and do our own thing? Jot these down. I don't have a place for it in your notes, but maybe you can jot down about four things. I'll hit them very quickly. Number one reason why we should be a people of prayer is that we are to give devotion. That's the key word. Give devotion to God. I don't have a PowerPoint slide for that, uh, Harold. I know he's frantically searching back there for that slide. But give devotion to God. We got to give, just devote our lives to Him. In Psalm 29 and verse 2 it says, Give to the Lord the glory due His name. Worship Him in the splendor of holiness. I love the passage of Scripture over in 2 Chronicles chapter 31 and verse 21. And it's talking about Hezekiah and it says this, Hezekiah was successful because everything he did, he did in a spirit of complete devotion to God. Whenever we're praying, we're really just devoting our life to Him. And it works and builds and we give devotion to Him. Number two, jot this down. We get direction from God. Not only do we give devotion, but we get direction from Him. In Psalm 25 and verse number 4, the psalmist says, Show me the path where I should go, O Lord. Point out the right road for me to walk. Lead me. Well, whenever we're praying and we're talking to God, we're looking at Scripture, now we're praying. That's our half of the conversation. We are getting direction from God. Third thing, jot this down. It'll help us gain delight in God. Not only will there be devotion, not only direction, but we will gain delight in God. Matter of fact, Psalm 37 and verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Oh, what great delight we get in just having communion with God. Just talking with Him on a daily basis. Number four, jot this down, I'm, I'm leaving. We will grow more like God. We just simply grow more like Him. Whenever we're praying and we're seeking God in prayer, we're growing more like Him. I love the story over in Acts chapter 4 and verse number 13. It talks about Peter and John. They're now standing before the council and they're very bold. And the council looks around and says, Hey, these are unlearned, uneducated men. But it goes on to say in that very same verse that they, could, they took knowledge that these men had been with Jesus. Why? They were sitting under his teaching. They were having conversations with him. And it impacted their life. Guys, if you start doing this, if you really start with the Savior, then with the Scriptures, then supplication, people's going to start taking notice. Hey, he or she walk with God. They noticed Peter and John. They noticed those guys were following Jesus, that they had been with Jesus. Do your friends take note that you spent time with Christ? You see, whenever, you, whenever we get in the presence of God, people will have to notice. In our behavior, in our conversation, in our conduct, what we say, what we do, how we act, how we react, how we treat a perfect stranger, how we treat those in our own household, people will take note. You remember, you remember Moses? After he would, had been with God? On the mountain, he came down to the people. You remember how the people were afraid to look at him? Why? Because the Shekinah glory of God was, was radiating from his face. And the Bible says that they had to put a veil over Moses' face so he could communicate and talk with the people. People took note that Moses had been with God. And guys, I tell you, whenever it starts with the Savior, and we have the authority of the Scripture, 
and we're spending time in prayer, supplication, people's going to take note that, hey, there's something different about that person. You're getting very close to starting to live a holy life. Amen? Number four, jot this one down. Spirit. Just write the word spirit. And every single day, you must allow the Holy Spirit to lead you daily. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Matter of fact, I tell the praise team all the time when we practice on Monday evening, I say, listen, this is what we've got planned. This is the direction we're going. But if you feel led the Holy Spirit to say something, I want you to say something. If you feel led the Holy Spirit to raise your hand, then raise your hand. If you feel led the Holy Spirit that you need to clap, then clap. You know, I'm not going to tell you when to do that. It's not going to be written in our program. But if you feel led to do that, you do that. That's being spirit-led. Listen, there's a great big God up there, and He comes and makes His dwelling, His His household. We are the tabernacle of a holy God, and the Holy Spirit lives within us, and He wants to lead us through life. I love the scripture over in Acts chapter 16. Paul's on his missionary journey. He gets up into the into into the part of Asia, and he, he wants to go east over into Asia. But the Bible tells, and it records for us, that the Spirit of God stopped him. And he went west. Well, thank God that the Apostle Paul took heed to the leadership of the Holy Spirit in his life. Let me tell you why. Because the United States of America, as you fast forward through history and time, we have been blessed because of the decision that Paul made way back there in Acts chapter 16 that instead of going east over in Asia, he stopped. The Holy Spirit stopped him. He listened. He submitted to it. And then he saw that Macedonian vision in the night. Do you remember the story? I don't have time to teach the whole thing. Remember the story? Come over and help us. And so then he goes westward. And the gospel continued to go westward until eventually it's in the United States of America. But it all started way back there with the Apostle Paul making a decision to follow the leadership of the Lord daily in his life. Guys, if we're going to live holy... And we must follow the leadership of the Lord. In Galatians chapter 5, I've got that scripture reference for you in your notes. But that's where it's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. It talks about the works of the flesh, gives a whole long list. It talks about the fruit of the Spirit, a whole long list. Listen, if you're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide and direct you on a daily basis, you will start producing the fruit of the Spirit. It will just naturally start to flow and come as you allow the Spirit of God to lead you. Number five, jot this one down. The word saints. Saints. And I think this one's big. You must be accountable to God's house and God's people. We must get ourselves to the place where we are accountable to God's house and God's people. Now, we're talking about how can we live a holy life. You realize, guys, that nowhere in Scripture did God ever call you to be a spiritual lone ranger? He hasn't called you to live life by yourself. Matter of fact, even the lone ranger had who? Tonto. You know? I mean, ministry and life and spiritual life and the Christian life just works better when we connect with a local church. And then when we get accountable one to another. The book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 25 It says that we're not to stay away from our meetings as some habitually do, but encourage each other and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You know what we need to do? We just need to make a decision. We need to draw a line in the sand today. 
that from now on you can count on me to be faithful to church. I'm just going to be here. I mean, it doesn't matter what happens. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be present. I am going to be here. I'm going to decide today. Now, there's many of you that I know, if you're not here, there's something wrong. Matter of fact, I'm asking what happened to so-and-so if they're not here. But you realize there's some in our church family that you just don't, you don't know if they're going to be here or not. You just really don't know. And if that's you, you know what I want you to do? I want you to decide today that I'm going to hold myself accountable to the local church. And I'm going to be here. But not only to the church. By the way, next Sunday will be a great Sunday to start at 930 on Sunday morning for our Sunday school campaign drive that we're kicking off next big balloon launch that we're going to have. And it's going to be an exciting Sunday. So that would be a good one just to show up. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to start this Sunday. Then the next Sunday, we're going to have Facebook Sunday, and it's going to be Bring a Friend Sunday, and so it's another good reason to come. And then the next Sunday is going to be March Madness Sunday, and that's where we're going to bring our, wear our, our favorite uh, jersey, sports jersey, and, and, and cheer on the Duke Blue Devils. That's, that's what we're going to try to do, okay? And that's March Sunday. And, and then the, the fourth one is a Victory's Got Talent Sunday, so that'd be another good Sunday to come. Then the fifth one is Community Sunday, and we're going to have all the O'Fallon dignitaries here, the mayor and police chief, fire chief. We're going to strive to do that, and we're going to recognize them. We're going to bring a big trailer, we're going to load it up up with food and we're going to take it to the food pantry i mean there's five good sundays just to make up your mind i'm coming man i want to see that you know what that starts that gets us in the habit of just getting connected in church but we need to take it a step further not only just come to church on sunday morning but then be held accountable one to another find someone and hopefully and prayerfully this will take place in your sunday school class find someone that can help hold you accountable on a personal level. That can ask you the hard questions. Daryl, did you pray today? Daryl, did you love your wife today like Christ loved the church? I know that's hard with Linda. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> really, we need someone in our life that we can ask the hard questions. Did you read your Bible today? What about your Sunday school literature? Are you working through that or just waiting until class on Sunday morning? What are you listening to and watching all week long? You see, we need someone that can come alongside of us that has the liberty to ask those hard questions. And that's holding each other accountable. We need somebody to pray with. If you're going through a hard place, you need to have somebody say, Hey, Brother Elder, listen, this is going, will you just pray for me? And you get off somewhere together in a corner and you just pray? Guys, that's, that, that's, that's healthy spiritually. And that will help you to live a, a holy life. Number six, write this word down. Sanctification. This is the word we've been studying all week long. Sanctification. You must be obedient in separating yourself from the world. First Thessalonians 4 and 3 says this, For this is God's will, your sanctification. The Bible also says in 2 Corinthians six seventeen, it says, Therefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith, saith the Lord. Now listen, guys, and Brother Paul made a great statement at the men's breakfast yesterday morning. And he talked about the culture. You realize we cannot remove ourselves from the culture. Great statement he made yesterday. I mean, this is the culture we're in. This is the culture that God... You see, I've always told you my dream. I wish I was born in the 1800s. I would have loved to have been a circuit-riding preacher on a horse, just traveling from town to town. I would have loved that. I was raised riding horses, and we rode horses all the time, and I just love horses. I love riding horses. And I thought, man, it would be so cool have my saddlebags, throw a Bible in one side, and just take off riding town to town. You know, pull up on a stump in the next town and just stand up and preach and draw a crowd and ride off in the sunset. Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, maybe not. It does get cold, I guess, and saddle sores and all that. But 
But I would have loved that. But you know what? God said, I didn't need you in 1800. I had, had John Wesley and I had some other good preachers traveling around. I had George Sheffy, a great circuit riding preacher in the 1800. I had, I had these guys, but I need someone in the year 2009 in O'Fallon, Illinois. John, I'd like for that, for that person to be you. Will you mind preaching for me? Then, now, well, of course, and so he had me born in 1964, and long story short, he got me here. This is God's plan for me. You realize, guys, this is the culture that he wants us to reach. These are the people. Now, the problem is, is when we allow the, the culture to influence us and get in our heart and get in our life. We can't allow that. That's where the separation must take place. Listen, guys, and just let me make the statement. Some may like this, some may not. But it's kind of getting to the point, I told some people last week, when you mention my name anymore, you better duck up or pucker. I mean, duck or pucker. I mean, they either hate me or love me anymore, it seems. But, but you know what? We need to get to the place, and there's, there, there's some movements in our world today that believe, you know what? It's okay in the name of Jesus to go to the local bar and tavern and have a beer, sit down with these guys, drink a cold bud, and talk to them about Jesus. Well, you know what? I'm under the influence that that's not right. Hello? Go down to the strip, join Andre, and sit around the... I've never been in one of those things, so I don't really know what happens. Well, I know a little bit what happens. I guess I've seen some shows, but not intentionally. Commercials. Yeah, I don't know. No, I'm not saying you've been there. I, I don't know. <laughs> he said, do you have to use me? <laughs> Let me use Tracy. Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we just don't go sit at the stage and rub shoulders with some other man there and Stick a dollar bill in and say, hey, let me tell you about you. That just ain't going to work. Hello? The Bible says that we are to come out from among them, be ye separate. That doesn't mean we don't love them. It doesn't mean we don't reach out. It doesn't mean we don't care. It doesn't mean we don't work with. And, and, and there are neighbors, there are people we, we love. We want to reach them. But we can't get involved in the things of the world. We've got to separate ourselves from that. No way we can be holy and do that kind of stuff. Okay? Number seven, write this one down. I'm stopping with this one. And it's the word service. Service. And this is what I mean by that. For something to help us live a... The word service. Oh, is it froze up on us there? Service. Oh, I don't have it? That's my bad. Here's what you need to write down. You must seek to serve the body of Christ. Seek to serve the body of Christ. In other words, find your area of ministry and get in there and serve. Listen, no big eyes and little use around here. Everybody's somebody, and we need everybody. And let me tell you one of the things that I'm thoroughly enjoying on Sunday morning. It's not, we're, we are not in the best environment. I mean, setting up and tearing down every Sunday morning for church and worship service is not the best. I know that. I mean, we're kind of in survival mode. We're in transition. Praise the Lord. We just closed on 21 acres of land. Thank God for that. Amen? Give the Lord a praise offering for that. I mean, that's where he's led us to, and one day we're going to get a building on there. But for the time being, we're going to have to do church like this. But you know what I've enjoyed? I've enjoyed so many people showing up at 8 o'clock. 
8 o'clock on Sunday morning to set up chairs, to set up screens, to put up projectors, to do the sound, to carry the podium in, to do the tables out front, to set up chairs for Sunday school classes. Everyone, many, not everyone, many are getting connected and finding their area of ministry. That's going to help you in life. There's a place for you to serve. There's something for you to do. And we all need to find our place in ministry. And let me tell you what it's going to take before you can really get involved in ministry. And Boy, I've got, I've got a whole series of sermons on this, but I'm going to share one thing with you about ministry. For you to get involved in ministry, you must be willing to be interrupted. Your schedule must be interrupted. Your sleep must be interrupted. On and on and on and on it goes. You must be willing to be interrupted. You see, you think about Jesus. Do you realize that everything that Jesus did, every miracle that we find recorded in the Word of God, He was interrupted in the process. Over in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 20, in verse 30 through 32, Jesus and the crowd, were, they were leaving Jericho. And as they were leaving, there were two blind men by the roadside. They were crying out, Hey, son of David, have mercy on me. Two blind men crying out. Jesus was leaving. He was going somewhere. He had an agenda. He had, a, he had a commitments. But as he was going, Scripture says he stopped. And he spoke to the, these two men. And he healed them. My point is, ministry takes place in the midst of our busy schedules. But we will never get involved in ministry until we are willing to interrupt our time, interrupt our schedule, inter- interrupt our plans, interrupt our agendas. Guys, do you realize the very first miracle that's recorded that Jesus did, he was interrupted at a wedding? The second miracle that Jesus did, he was interrupted on the way to Galilee? All through Scripture, we see that the miracles after miracles that he did, it was in the midst of him going through life and being interrupted. Guys, will you allow will you allow your schedule to be hindered a little bit? To be interrupted some? Your agenda not go exactly how you planned it so that you can be involved? You see, you'll never get in ministry until you're willing to sacrifice some of that stuff. Hello? But I promise you this, there's no greater joy than being involved in ministry and seeing God use your works and what you're doing for the local church to see lives changed no greater joy in life than to be able to be a vessel used of the Lord. Now, those are seven things I've got to stop that will help you and help me to live a holy life. We've been commanded to live holy. Question, are you living a holy life? Are you living a holy life? I wonder, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I've tried to share with you this morning some habits that you can place in your life that will help you to get to the point where where you live this holy life. Maybe I touched on an area where the Holy Spirit fingered around in your heart. Maybe He convicted you in a place or two. I'm not intentionally trying to hurt anyone. I want to help you. But maybe the Holy Spirit's made a little something uncomfortable in your life. He's identified something there. Will you take heed to Him today? Will you surrender your life to Him today? 
You see, guys, it all starts with Jesus. And if you're here today and you don't know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, my prayer is today that right now, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed and no one's looking around, we're all doing business with God. Right now, will you just pray a prayer like this? Just say, Dear God, I realize that I have sinned. I've missed the mark. God, I've made a mess of some things. I believe that you love me, that you died on the cross for my sins, that you were buried, that you rose again. I believe that you are the Son of God. Right now, I pray that you'd forgive me. I repent of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart and into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Right now, I pray. Heads are still bowed and eyes are closed. If that was you and you prayed that prayer this morning, would you please let us know by indicating on your connection card that's a part of your worship folder this morning. and Just tear that off and fill that out and just check the place in there that you receive Christ as your Savior. As heads are still bowed and eyes are closed, and just let me address that group once again. If you need somebody to pray with you, I want you to know that we've got our deacons and their wives that are in the back and They'll be willing to pray with you. We're not here to judge anyone. We're here to help you. So in just a moment when we give this invitation, if you need to get up out of your seat and you just need somebody to pray with you, I'm going to ask you to go there. But now let me address those of us that are Christians. We are Christ followers. Are we living a holy life? Can other people say that She, he, they are Christian people. Boy, they're holy people. They're not saying that to build you up. They're saying that because they identify and see some things in your life. Can that be said of you? What about these habits? And there are many more. These are seven. How are you doing with these seven in your life? It's not an exhaustive list. and There's more you could add, but... Let's start with these. How are you doing? Do you need help in any of these areas? If you do, then the first thing we've got to do is identify that, and then let's just take it to Jesus in prayer. You can pray where you're sitting, or if you need someone to pray with you. When we sing this song of invitation, I'm going to ask you to get up and just go to the back, and one of these families are here to pray with you. You don't even have to tell them everything. Just say Just pray for me. What is your need this morning? It all starts with Jesus. And it goes from there. Do you know Him? Have you given your life to Him? I pray that you have. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we commit this time of invitation to You. Father, we pray that Your will be done right now. Help us, Lord, to live for You. Help us to live a holy life. Help us to surrender our lives to you.